Welcome back to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Add your voice to the discussion. Email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or call and leave us a voicemail on 0204-571-3354. Great to have your company once again. Yes, this is Blind Guy Talks Tech. I am Stephen Scott, and we are continuing our conversation, which we left off with uh, Colin Hughes on uh, the last podcast, talking all about uh, dictation on the uh, various platforms, whether it be Windows, be it Mac, be it iOS, Android, whatever it might be. Uh, One of the biggest challenges is getting that uh, dictation right. And the microphone plays a bigger part in that than perhaps you realize. And that's what we're going to talk about today with uh, Colin Hughes, former BBC producer and now disability campaigner. Uh, He is back with us today. We'll get Colin on in a second. But first, let me uh, welcome back the gang here. We've got Sean Priest with us. Hello. Hello, Stephen. And Robin Christofferson's back here as well. Hi, Robin. I'm covered in hives. <sighs> don't, well, don't tell us that. Keep them to yourself, will you? Itchy lumps. Oh, oh come on. I don't want itchy lumps. <laughs> Terrible like band. Hang on a minute. Is that a COVID thing? Because I don't, I don't want that. Kind of semi-related. It was a, it was a, lots of coughing. So had some cough syrup. Came out in, in itchy lumps all over and then looked on the label. And it said, yeah, you might, you might come out in... Itchy lumps. Itchy lumps. Wait, Amongst other things. Technical term. Yeah. Hives. Right. Well, that's, that's brilliant. Well, what a beautiful uh, way to move on, <laughs> our, our excuse to move on to our topic today. Yeah. A lovely hello from Robin there. That's yeah. all you had to say. Colin Hughes is still with us. Colin, I'm sorry that we're talking about itchy lumps. I'm Hi, Stephen. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm so, good, thanks. <laughs> let's talk about anything else at the moment. Um <laughs> Okay, I wanted to talk to you today because yesterday we had you on. We were talking about the updates uh, and the many updates that have come through uh, iOS and watchOS and macOS and some really pertinent ones to you and to to us as a disabled community, which is absolutely fantastic. But today I wanted to drill into one particular topic, which was really the way that you and I, I guess, were introduced. And it was through an article you had guest written for the AbilityNet blog which Robin will tell us more about and ways to get access to that because it is well worth reading some fantastic articles in there. Um, And it was all around uh, speech and being able to, uh, well, partly voice control your computer, which we touched on yesterday, but also for dictating long passages of text. Now, of course, as we talked about yesterday on the show, one solution is something like Dragon technology and all of that, and that's all great. But you know, it's not just about the software, is it? It's about the hardware as well and how good the microphone is. And um, you've been spending a lot of time trying to investigate the best microphones, the best technology out there to use to get that dictation just right. So maybe take us back to the early stages of this investigation you did into this technology and how you got there. Well, it started about five years ago when I started to use uh, Dragon for the first time. And I was getting really poor results with my dictation. And I was doing everything software-wise that was advised in terms of setting up the software, training, and so on. But I was still experiencing um, disappointing recognition accuracy. So I started to try and look into what reasons there could be for that. And it struck me that microphones and hardware probably does play quite a big role 
Um, the tech companies, on the other hand, um, will have you believe that all the magic happens in their programs and software. I don't think that's the case. I think it's partly that, but I think the microphone does play a big role. But the more I thought about it, I thought it really is quite a complex situation. Because if you think about it, the microphone has to cope with background noise, um, acoustics, uh, the user's voice, how close they are to the microphone capsule. There's a lot going on there. And at the end of the day, it's still got to try and pick up your words as accurate as possible. So I started to read around and so on, and I've wasted a lot of money on different microphones, Bluetooth microphones, depth microphones, uh, ear, uh, ear microphones, uh, and so on and so on. And I spending loads of money and I got drawers full of old microphones. I tried to improve my recognition. And then one day I stumbled across a YouTube video from a quadriplegic based in the USA who was extolling the virtues of a table microphone. So up until that point, I'd been using head-mounted microphones. But he said in his video that he liked table microphones because A, you don't have any batteries to charge. So if your uh, headset is battery, there's no batteries to charge. Uh, if your headset is wired, there's no wire tethering you to your computer. And it's just more comfortable to use. And all those sort of things struck me when I thought about my own position. I can't put on and take off a headset microphone myself. So I'd have to constantly ask my carer to take it on, take it off. It's a bit of a pain. I didn't particularly like uh, things sticking in my ears for hours on end. So it struck me a table microphone would be just great. So this user said he was using a microphone by a company called Speechware. Uh, they're a Belgian company and they're pretty pricey. They were much more expensive than what I was spending on with other companies. But this guy was really, you know, glowing in his praise. And so I bought my first speaker tabletop microphone uh, about four years ago. And it really has transformed the way that I work. You know, I'm not trained to my desk with a wire. I can 
move around, move away from the desk. Um, don't need to have to uh, ask my carer to take a headset on and off for me. And I really like the idea of tabletop microphones. Um, but there are many on the market that are designed especially for speech recognition. So you know, I don't want to do a puff for speech rec, but they certainly concentrate on microphones for speech recognition. Well, I think that's the point, though, isn't it? That we want to we want to kind of highlight companies that are doing great work in whatever field it is they are doing great work in. Uh, you know, so if people want to go and buy one, good luck to you. Go and buy one. We're not selling them here. Uh, it's not like we've got a truckload of them out the back saying, you know, buy one, <laughs> get one free. Although if they want to send us some over, we'll quite happily talk about them um, and maybe get used a discount on the next one, Colin. But I think that it just more importantly what it's about is trying to understand what the best technology is now the reason i wanted to bring this topic up and the reason it really kind of spoke to me when i read your article about it and we'll put the link to the article in our show notes is for me as somebody who has now got an essential tremor in my left hand it's actually making it a bit more tricky for me to use the keyboard all the time now i'm not suggesting for a second i can't use the keyboard i can but, you know, if I'm in a hurry to do something, I often find my tremor is enhanced, shall we say, and it makes things a bit more difficult. So, you know, I think the trick to myself is send an email when I need to send it, not three seconds before I should send it. That's probably my own fault. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, th there are these challenges that come with it, uh, physical challenges. And sometimes just being able to speak to the computer would be easier, especially when dictating long emails, um, you know, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if, you know, Sean, Robin, I don't know if you want to chime in on this, but I don't know if you feel that typing is any more difficult now as opposed to earlier in life or your touch typing's taking you through. I, I've noticed the difference because of the physical issue. For me, over the decades of touch typing, it's actually got worse. Mm. I'm forever typing like T-E-H for the, and yeah. depending on where you're typing, it kind of does auto grab it or not, you know, auto correct it or not. But um so I'm getting into worse and worse habits and I'd love to briefly talk about um, early onset RSI symptoms and what people can do about it because that's a big part of what AbilityNet's all about as well. Mm. Because if you are uh, a touch typist, that's your way of operating a computer. Now, obviously, we're talking with Colin here and, and his primary input is, or, you know, both input and, well, IO is um, voice. And so that's really, really um you know, we, we can talk about the ins and outs of that as well. And the, the right technology is really, really important. But um, yeah, having the right technology, having the right microphone in particular, that can make the difference between, say, 90 and 95, or maybe even 98% exactly, will save whole minutes in each hour in having to deal with those issues. And we talked yesterday, and I think touched on again today about um, the frustrations of it not getting you know, not, not being smart enough when it comes to knowing about proper nouns and, uh, you know, people's names and stuff like that. So that can be a massive time suck as well, can't it? But getting the right technology is really, really important. I used to, um, before I, AbilityNet was AbilityNet, uh, it was a charity that was spun off from IBM's special needs products department and via voice 25 years ago. I don't know if people remember that. Yeah, it feels like yesterday They're... to me. That does not feel yeah. that old. 
that was the competitor to dragon dictate as it was yeah. there and you know that was a single word with a gap in between like sean said yesterday um their stated goal ibm when it came to voice recognition the holy grail was to have um recognition that was independent of the user i.e you didn't have to spend hours and hours training how you spoke your particular voice and accent and importing many dozens of documents that would help learn the sort of vocabulary that you use and kind of set up the statistical engine to have a good stab at, at getting the words that you use often right first time and also um, technology agnostic as well so you could rock up to anyone's machine and you wouldn't have to have exactly the right you know massive powerful um, CPU oodles of RAM um, you know just the right microphone etc which back in those days was a headset microphone with the boom mic placed a thumb's width from the corner of your mouth and heaven forbid if it swung out a tiny little bit the recognition went way down um, and heaven forbid if you positioned it wrongly so that you were breathing on it etc etc everything had to, you know the wind had to be in the right direction all this sort of thing it had to be a very quiet environment that was another goal of theirs which was um uh, environment agnostic so regardless of you know the the background noise and that sort of thing and we're we're getting there definitely with all of these three now you can just pick up a device um you know ios or or the mac or you know it's, it's looking like we're really coming along with um nuances or microsoft's, microsoft's acquisition of nuance to have that built into windows as well um so those kind of that holy grail of just being able to rock up to any device without massives of training or you know expensive third-party solutions and and have a really good stab at dictation but, but, but it is um, the case yeah. robin that you know tech companies like apple they have very very little to say about the microphone so yep. you know if you read the, the sort of setup guide for voice control they just mentioned briefly you know you may want to use a headset i think it'd be a really big statement by apple they've got voice control they made a, a big deal of it three years ago on the stage at wwc i think it'd be a great statement if in the coming years they released a tabletop microphone to run and operate alongside the application. You know, they they work with microphone technology in their earpods and airpods and so on. I think it'd be absolutely fantastic for accessibility if they brought out a sexy Apple branded tabletop microphone for voice control i'd be i'd love to see it it had not... to be sexy it's apple sexy yeah. apple microphone i like that colin yeah. well it can't be anything else can it but, but i mean would they not say colin that that's what's inside their macbooks they do and they're wrong um never <laughs> you never use the microphones in the macbooks for speech recognition don't go there. You'll be really, really frustrated. There'll be lots of dictation errors. Just don't go there. So what price is this speechware microphone coming in at, if you don't mind me asking? What did, what did you pay? 
And and what are you aware of the prices being? They're based in Belgium, Speechware. So their prices are in euros. So don't quote me because I haven't got the web page open at the moment. But I think it's around 250 euros. But that's approximately, I don't have the web page open right now. That's okay. That's not so bad, I don't think. So do you know what makes this particular microphone so so good for voice recognition? Because there are so many different types of microphone out there, condenser, dynamic. But do you know, have you got any idea why this microphone just works so well? The story with microphones is that I got their first microphone. They call it the 9-in-1 table mic. And it's quite large, it's quite a long gooseneck microphone to begin with, because I'm an Apple guy and obsessed with aesthetics. I was a bit uncomfortable having this very large 1950s looking table microphone on my desk. You know, I thought, oh, this looks weird, but it did the job. But I thought, surely we can do better than this. So I got on to SpeechRare about three years ago. I ended up with in conversation with the MD. I think it was a weekend, but maybe he was fielding emails and inquiries. And we hit it off. Um, yeah, I talked about my needs. Um, and he was very receptive to the feedback I was giving. I don't think they're a big company, but, you know, I had access to the PMD that weekend. But from that sort of exchange of emails, you know, we've grown closer and we talk and communicate quite often. But I explained to him about wanting something smaller and not so in your face, but still good at accuracy, picking up my voice. Because as you can tell, my voice is softer than a lot of people because of my compromised breathing. So the microphone has to be good at picking me up. So he recommended that I try their travel mic because it's got the same technology inside it the same uh chip the same capsule but in a travel mic size so it's the same as a table mic but reduced right down in size so i gave that a go and right enough it worked pretty much like the larger mind one table mic. But um, the travel mic has two settings on it, a blue setting and a green setting. Now the green setting is great because it's for dictating a long distance away from the travel mic. So you can sit I don't know, three, four feet away from 
a travel like capsule. Um, you don't need to be hunched over your desk, so you're really relaxed. Uh, but there's one downside of a green setting. It picks up quite a lot of background noise. It's not very good at isolating background noise. So you need to be in a really quiet room for that setting to excel. But it also yeah. has a blue setting, which is for VoIP, the close microphone work. And that does cut out a lot of background noise that produces good results. Um, but what I found was with the blue setting, you do need to be very close to the microphone capsule. And because of my disability, I can't physically get close enough to make good use of the blue setting. So last summer, I proposed to them a, a brand new microphone, basically, one that they didn't manufacture, um, which involved extending the boom of the travel mic so it gets closer to my voice, to my mouth. So at the moment, um, I use the microphone that I helped invent. And it's got a longer boom, but it brings the microphone capsule to within about four inches of my mouth, but in a really small profile. It takes up no space and looks fine. And it's great for dictation. And the added bonus for me is, it's great for phone calls because, you know, we use our laptops for Zoom, for phone calls, for FaceTime, for dictation. And I can use this new keyboard mic, is the name that they christened it with, for everything on my MacBook. So calls, um, dictation, you name it, it does it in one microphone. And it does it a lot better than the built-in microphones. So I'm really, really happy. And, you know, hats off to Speakware for, you know, engaging with me as a user, listening to the feedback and going out and manufacturing the actual product. I can't think of many companies <laughs> that would do that. They should have called it the Colin Mike, surely. Yeah, surely. It's in a trick. Yeah. <laughs> I think the important thing here, though, is, you know, you use the word transformative. You know, so, I mean, no matter, it, it just shows the difference that it has made to the experience of using it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we've not reinvented the wheel. All we've really done is extended the boob a little bit. 
Um, yeah. But that, that small thing has proved transformative. I just wanted to briefly touch on um, any listeners that, that might be thinking, well, you know, voice recognition, this sounds great, but I'm a screen reader user as well. And this is very viable. I don't know. Um, I've tried using VoiceOver and um, Voice Command on the on macOS, and they speak. They talk to each other relatively well. There's not lots of um, untoward, you know, multiple echoing of what you're dictating, and you know, things um, as you command and control menus and dialogues and stuff. You know, VoiceOver does what you would expect. On the Windows side of things, though, there is a really powerful solution called JSay. So if you're a JAWS user and you're a Dragon, naturally speaking, user, there are some brilliant scripts that can make the two work really well together. So I wanted to just throw that in there as well, just in case people are thinking, well, you know, I'm a JAWS user. I would, I'm thinking about getting into voice recognition. Um, but we'll do the two work well together out of the box, not brilliantly, but with those JSA scripts, you really are going to fly. So, you know, if people do end up with wrist pain, etc., um, there's a couple of brilliant, uh, exercises. I started to get early onset RSI a long, long time ago, about 25 years ago. And, um, if you've got significant uh, symptoms you absolutely need to go and see a physiotherapist start with your GP but if you've got just very early stages of wrist pain then there's some really simple exercises just extend your arm out to the side I'm doing it now put your hand up your palm out in front of you like you're kind of stopping a car or something and push those fingertips back towards the ceiling, push your palm out, and you should immediately start to feel a little bit tingly in your fingers. That is gold. That will stretch the nerves in your carpal tunnel. And within weeks, you will hopefully start seeing those symptoms, uh, you know, start to go away. Similarly, roll up a, a hand towel into something the size of a thermos flask and put that on the floor and lie with your spine on that and that will stretch out all the muscles either side of your spine and that's where your brachial plexus is all the nerves that kind of radiate out from your spine go through that those shoulder blade areas and so that will help no end as well so if there's anyone out there who's a little bit worried because you know they're primarily a keyboard user and then thinking well blimey maybe voice recognitions in my future because of the discomfort that I'm feeling try those but if it's significant then please do see your GP I think that doctorate's working out for you, isn't it? That's um... <laughs> You're welcome. Robin Motivator Christofferson there. Uh, <laughs> listen, Colin, it's been great having you on. I, I could talk to you all day because there's so much uh, knowledge that you bring to this, and I hope you'll come back on our podcast again soon. Absolutely. Um, in the meantime, though, you, you are on various articles. We're going to post to those uh, in our show notes. We'll point people towards those. Uh, you also write uh, for the, the uh, AbilityNet blog. Now, Robin, that is under your area of course because you're in AbilityNet. Uh, where do people find those blogs? Yeah so it's abilitynet.org.uk slash news hyphen blogs will take you straight there or it's just um, a top level nav item on, on the AbilityNet website if you want to just search for AbilityNet you will see lots of articles there by Colin and if you click into one of those to read one of those if you then click on his name in the byline then that will list all of the articles by Colin so you know, fill your boots. There's some brilliant stuff in there, as there is by other um, 
authors on the AbilityNet website, plus loads of other you know, guide pages, fact sheets, uh, webinars, free webinars to sign up for. Etc. Colin, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Thanks. And that's it for another podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow with lots more details on how you can contribute your voice to the show and also tell us your thoughts on what you're hearing and maybe what you'd like to hear. Get in touch. Details coming up. We'll catch you tomorrow. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.